0: Hello and welcome back dear friends to another episode of Nerds and Numbers. I'm your host and today we'll be learning and delving into the fascinating word and topic of how to learn. Whether you're a student, a professional or just a curious mind, this topic is for you. We'll explore the science of teaching and learning, the best study techniques and how to optimize your brain for knowledge absorption so dear friends grab your notebooks and let's get nerdy with learning now if you did notice before i said uh the science of teaching you should use teaching as a tool if you want to learn things but we'll talk about this later but for now let's talk about this science of learning now some people might call me crazy for saying that learning is a science indeed Now, dear friends, understanding the learning process is essential for optimizing our ability to absorb and retain knowledge effectively. Learning is a complex and dynamic process that involves various stages and neurochemicals that influence how we acquire and store information. And that's the reason why I call it a science, and so many people, scientists and researchers do as well so let's dive into the key aspects of the learning process first of all we should talk about the stages of learning there are many stages whether it's acquisition consolidation or retrieval first acquisition is the initial stage of learning where we encounter new information or skills for the first time during acquisition, the brain starts to sort of process incoming data and forms connections between the new information and existing knowledge. This process can be influenced by factors like attention, focus, and interest in the subject matter. Now, there is what we call constellation, we've talked about it earlier, but when we acquire a new information the brain enters the consolidation stage. This stage involves the conversion of short-term memories into long-term memories. The brain replays and reinforces the neural pathways related to the newly learned information during sleep and periods of rest. Adequate sleep is indeed crucial during this stage as it plays a significant role in memory consolidation. Now let's talk about the last stage of learning which is retrieval. The retrieval stage occurs when we attempt to recall the information we have learned and it involves accessing the memories stored during the consideration stage and bringing them to our conscious awareness. Effective retrieval is influenced by various factors such as the strength of neural connections and the frequency of frequent practice. And that's why we use some methods such as active recall, um spaced repetitions, and so many others that I'll talk about later. Now let's dive deep into neurotransmitters because we're indeed a science podcast. There is dopamine, which is neurotransmitter associated with pleasure motivation and reward it plays a crucial role in the learning process by reinforcing positive experiences related to learning when we experience success in understanding or solving a problem dopamine is released in the brain leading to a sense of accomplishment and encouraging us to sort of continue learning it's like when your mom or dad tells you Good job son! Now, let's talk about, besides dopamine, we have serotonin, which is another important neurotransmitter that regulates mood and emotional well-being. It is involved in the learning process as it affects our overall motivation and engagement with the subject matter. Proper serotonin levels contribute to a positive learning environment and can help reduce stress, anxiety and other emotional barriers that might hinder effective learning. Now besides talking about those neurotransmitters, let's talk about the implications for learning. Understanding the stages of learning and the roles of neurotransmitters can have practical implications for how we approach our studies or learning endeavours. So, we're going to be talking about active engagement. Actively engaging with the material during the acquisition stage can enhance memory formation. This can include asking questions, taking notes, participating in discussions or teaching the materials to others. There is also something that you should, as an individual and most importantly as a human, sleep and rest. Recognizing the importance of consolidation, ensuring adequate sleep and rest is crucial for reinforcing newly learned information and promoting better memory retention. Now, besides that, we have positive reinforcement, which is the ability to create a positive, rewarded learning environment that can stimulate dopamine release, making learning a more enjoyable and satisfying experience. This can involve setting achievable goals and celebrating progress and acknowledging those successes. At last, we have emotional well-being, which is the ability to manage your stress and promoting emotional well-being can positively impact serotonin levels leading to increased motivation and focus on learning now that we've talked about the basis that you should know if you want to really dive into this realm of learning and the science of learning now we're going to be talking about study techniques that whether you're a student professional adults it doesn't matter those study techniques that you should use and that you may use unconsciously There is what we call Spaced Repetition which is the concept of spacing out study sessions. Spaced Repetition is a study technique that involves spacing out review sessions all the time rather than cramming all the materials at once. The idea is to revisit the learned materials at specific intervals with each interval becoming longer as you can successfully recall the information. This approach is based on the psychological principle of the spacing effects, which suggests that spaced out repetition improves long-term repetition and prevents forgetting. Now, besides that, I would like to recommend to you some apps that might be of great use. We have uh, this Anki Flashcards app that lets you um, create your own space repetition settings. You can say, for example, for the first day, you'd learn the material and you should relearn it on the third day, and the list goes on. There's also Super Memo, which is a great tool that so many people and so many of my friends use. And if you do want to um, reject those digital tools and apps, you could also do it manually. That's what I did. Uh, until 10th grade um, You should just pick out piece of papers and a box you put your materials in the box and Every day when you have three boxes the first box is dedicated for the first day When you do it you move your paper to the second box, which is uh, the third day and You know you do it this way Now that we've talked about spaced repetitions, we'd like to talk about active recall, because recalling the information is important if you want to do this kind of reinforcement learning. Enhancing memory retention is something that active recall does, because it's a powerful learning strategy that involves actively retrieving information from memory rather than passively reviewing it. When you engage in active recall, such as Attempting to answer questions or explain concepts without looking at your notes you reinforce the neural pathways associated with the, with that information This process straightens memory retention improves long-term learning outcomes And that's something that so many people have proved throughout research and through um, real-time experiences I do confirm and I do encourage you to use this method so many books have talked about it, and it's not for nothing because it does work. And uh, overall, it's just probably the most important method to use. Now, there are various techniques that you can use to incorporate active recall into your study routines. One common approach is to create flashcards. Uh, with, uh, if you don't know, if you do not know what flash flashcard is, it's just taking a piece of paper. On one side, you have the answers, and on the other, you have the questions. Quiz yourself regularly using these flashcards, and if you do not want to go with that method, there is always writing down on a piece of paper what you know about a topic from memory and then compare it to your study materials to eventually identify gaps in your knowledge. But I do prefer the flashcards because because you can do that basically everywhere with uh, Quizlet, Enki, and so many other cool apps. Now that we've talked about Active Recall and um, the source of science of learning, let's dive deep into uh, a type of science related to the science of learning, which is the science of teaching. And to be a little bit more precise, the Feynman technique. Now, if you do not know who Feynman is, is a physicist and a prize winning physicist, indeed, who was a Nobel laureate. It's a learning method named after him and it involves four simple steps which is choosing a topic that you want to learn more about, then teach it to a child. Imagine yourself teaching that same topic to a child, use understandable and easy words and be clear and precise and do not miss details. Um, he who refers to himself as a simple man used this method and to be honest, learned quite a lot. and that's what he did through his books, uh, six easy pieces and six easy not, six not easy pieces. Those were great physics book that I do recommend. Uh, now let's let's get to the third step, which is identifying knowledge gaps. Uh, while you explain the topic, you may encounter areas where your understanding is unclear or incomplete. These gaps in your knowledge become apparent during the teaching process, and at the end once you do that you should simply review and simplify your informations and your teaching now if you do not really believe in the Feynman technique let me give you a little bit of real life examples the Feynman technique can be applied to any complex subject for for instance if you're learning about the principles of quantum mechanics imagine teaching the concept of Superposition using an analogy of of flipping a cone by simplifying the idea and explaining it to a Child you gain a deeper understanding of the topic and identify any areas that need further Clarification and that's a technique that I used when I was learning deep learning um, in in eighth grade in nine ninth eighth grade that's something that I used personally because it really helped me um it really helped me figure out out the knowledge gaps that I had and after that I just basically did it for 2 months and I was able to learn deep learning in a much faster way than the others now after talking about those study tips you may have This idea that we cannot apply those study tips in in mathematics, for example, or language learning, or even programming and computer science. Mathematics and problem solving are somewhat of a different thing. There's something that you should uh, work on on, uh, using a different way. For example, in mathematics, you should Understand the fundamentals first. You should ins- ensure that you have a strong ga- grasp of the basic mathematical concepts before moving on to more complex topics. And mathematics is something that you should practice regularly. I personally uh, had participated in, I did one, uh, quite the uh, s- some local and national mathematics Olympiad. And that's because I practiced. Math is a skill that improves with practice. And to do that, you should simply solve a variety of problems to build problem solving techniques and gain confidence. And if you do want to solve them, you should break them down and seek different approaches. Once you do all of those things, you should simply review your mistakes because we as humans learn from them. And it's by understanding them that we identify the areas that we need to improve now if you do want to learn more about mathematics there are so many textbooks math communities apps and games that you can buy use but I do recommend some online courses and some books you should just check out Khan Academy Coursera or UDX, it will really help you if you do want to get into this thing of mathematics and problem solving Now let's Go to the language learning that so many people do want to hear Uh, To master a new language, there's this thing that everybody talks about which is surrounding yourself You should immerse yourself in the language by watching movies tv shows and videos in the target language listen and speak that's also something that you should do you should practice listening to native speakers and mimic their pronunciation and intonations engage in conversations with language partners or tutors and that's something that i did when i was learning um spanish read and write read books articles and blogs in the target language, write regularly to improve your vocabulary and grammar skills, and at last you should eventually uh, be faced with what I call cultural exposure. Learn about the culture of the language that you're studying as it enhances your understanding and appreciation of the language. I did use all of those techniques to learn more about Spanish, Arabic, and French also English, par exemple, je suis capable de parler en français parce que j'ai été exposé pendant un long moment à ce, à ce, à ce genre de culture et, uh, et, uh, and that, that's it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna speak in french because maybe some of you may not understand but i just said that i am indeed able to speak in french because i was exposed to this kind of culture and it really helped me Uh, understand and know how to engage in conversations with french people and uh, you know it goes this way now let me tell you more about programming and computer science i'm not gonna go deeper into this thing of coding and programming because i do plan to tell you more about it in to another episode but I'm not gonna give you more information about that it's a surprise that I'm currently working on but let me just give you two advices you should simply practice and practice and practice and build projects to solidify your programming skills and those projects have to be challenging enough that's the only thing that I can say I cannot say more because you're going to see maybe in another episode but let's stay on that. Lastly, to optimize your learning and to be able to learn in a proper way, you should have a proper and an adequate environment. And to do that, you should minimize distractions by identifying common distractions and eliminating them, eliminating them. Uh, there is today there there are so many social medias and notifications and non-essential apps that constantly disturb us when we're studying or learning session when we're studying or learning anything when you're sort of learning anything when you're into your learning sessions you enter this sort of focus and flow state when you have a sound like then when you have a notification disturbing you, you completely lose everything. So you should put a stop to those digital distractions and you should also make sure that you have a, an appropriate en- uh, environment. You should find a quiet space to, t- to study, generally your room if you do not share your room with anyone or if your room is um is empty you should just stare at your room and study away from noise and interruptions now to everyone who do who does this thing of multitasking that's not something that you should do because it does not work you cannot put your mind on two things at once you should simply work on something and then when you finish that, you go to the other one. That's how it goes and I assure you that you'll be more effective at the end of the day. You should also set boundaries. Which means that you should communicate a little bit with your family and your roommates eventually about your city times and what I call your focus and flow times. You should tell them, uh, you know at nine, uh, uh, at, at 9 till 12 i'm gonna study so please if you can uh, do not disturb me or do not make any noise um, just find the right words to talk to them and i'm sure that they'll be okay besides that there are so many things that you can do but let's talk about the most important ones which is organizing your space uh you should have a clean study area and clear free for better concentrations you should personalize personalize your space if you want to if that really motivates you i have so many of my friends who are considered study a students who do have motivational rooms if i may say this way they have those vision boards above the heads, that's something that I do find quite cool now let's talk about curiosity if you do really want to learn something you should be curious about that thing that you want to learn so badly you have to be curious because when you're driven by curiosity I'm sure that you'll learn whatever you want, because curiosity fuels uh, uh, intrinsic motivation, making learning more enjoyable and rewarding. Curiosity drives you to ask questions, seek answers, and explore subjects in greater depth. And the brain itself remembers information better when there is a personal interest or curiosity attached to it so now comes the questions that you might ask yourself how can i cultivate curiosity in my daily life how to do that you should simply start by asking questions encourage yourself to ask why does that work this way and or how does that work You should ask those questions and I'm sure that you professors or Google uh, will be happy to answer to them. You should also explore diverse topics by reading books, watching documentaries and engage in discussions on various subjects. And that might be what we call embrace dangers. Scientists and researchers always view challenges as opportunities to learn and grow even if they're outside your comfort zone now near friends that wraps up another knowledge-packed episode of nerds and numbers i hope you've gained some valuable insights into the art and science of learning remember learning is a lifelong journey and the right strategies and mindset can conquer any subjects you set your mind to. If you enjoyed this episode, do not forget to check out our press and technological review for more in-depth articles on the topics we've discussed today. Feel free to subscribe to Nerds and Numbers on your favourite podcast platform and we'd love to If you could leave us a review and share the podcast with your fellow nerds. Until next time, keep exploring, learning, and as always, embrace your inner nerd.